my beloved brothers and sisters in the faith, as was mentioned in the prayer, today indeed is a special day. It's always a special day when we have the opportunity to worship, to deify, to honor Yahuwah, our God. And so we gather in the name of His Son, our precious Mashiach, Yahusha, the Son of God. And so as we gather today, let us not take for granted the opportunity that we have to meet together like this. And so we're thankful to Yahuwah God for blessing us with the understanding of technology so that even though we are from different places, we are able to connect together, assemble together to worship Abba. However, one thing that we should always remember and never take for granted are the words of God. Because by the words of God, slowly but surely, inch by inch, we grow spiritually to become more and more like the Son of God. This is why we're studying all about the Beatitudes taught by Yahushua HaMashiach. We discussed several Beatitudes in the past. We will now use all of that to give an application to the next Beatitude that Yahushua spoke about. What is that? What is another Beatitude, quote-unquote, that we must incorporate in our life at all times? Let's read the book of Matthew. Chapter 5 and the verses 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So what is another beatitude mentioned taught by Yahushua HaMashiach? He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, why are the peacemakers blessed according to Yahushua himself? For they shall be called sons of God. In other words they would be able to properly represent Yahuwah God to the people of the world. They will stand out because they are peacemakers. Not only are they children of God by position, they are children of God by their character. This is what we need to strive for. Now, why are peacemakers needed in our society today? Because nowadays we find many who are not peacemakers, but are troublemakers. This is why we live in a world filled with conflict and hatred and bigamy. We have people who are engaged in racism. And so when we go to different parts of the world, there's always hostile conditions, war, one after the other, rumors of war. So what the people need, what the world needs desperately are peacemakers. But how does one become a peacemaker? Well, let's look at that word. It is combined of two words, right? It combines peace and maker. Let's begin with the word peace. So you know what the word peace encapsulates? It is basically the Hebrew word shalom. Have you heard of that word before? Shalom. It means peace. But the word shalom does not just mean Peace in terms of the absence of conflict. It is peace, which means happiness, prosperity, well-being, gratitude, fulfillment. And so it is something deeper than just the English word peace. Shalom. That's what peace means. Well, what does it mean to be a peacemaker? The word maker in Hebrew and in Greek suggests a word that is filled with energy. It's not passive. It is active. And so a peacemaker will take the initiative to call to make peace with other people. 
That's why you notice Yahusha did not say, blessed are the peace talkers. He did not say, blessed are the peace wishers. He did not say, blessed are the peace hopers. What did he say? Blessed are the peace makers. In other words, they will actively pursue, they will take the initiative to create peace with themselves, with Yahuwah God, and with their fellow men. Now, with whom should we make peace with? Let's read the book of Romans, chapter 12, 18 to 19. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, we do not avenge ourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, with whom should we strive to make peace with? Bible says we need to live peaceably with all men, not just some, not just the people we get along with. The Bible says we must live in peace with all human beings. When we say all human beings, this includes all races and nationalities. It includes people from different religions. When we say all human beings, it includes people who are easy to deal with and people who are difficult to deal with. How many here know pe of people who are difficult to deal with? People who are uh, very hard to live with. Perhaps you know people like that. They are also included, brothers and sisters, among those we must live peaceably with. However, what does Apostle Paul add? Because he knows we are but human beings. He said, if it is possible, because sometimes when we talk about reality, there are people who are really toxic, right? I mean, there are people who make it hard to get along with them. They use harsh words. And for some reason, they seem to enjoy creating um, problems and trouble amongst the people. There are people like that. That's why Apostle Paul said, if it is possible. What else did he add to that? He said, as depends on you. You see, we all have different capabilities. Our tolerance for difficult people are always different. Having said that, what must we understand? About our Christian way of life, our Yahushian lifestyle. Always keep in mind, as we grow spiritually, the better we are able to deal with even difficult people. Always remember this concept. Verticality determines horizontality. In other words, the depth of our relationship up there. What does that refer to? Our relationship with? Yahuwah God, Yahushua HaMashiach. The deeper our vertical relationship, the deeper our relationship with Yahuwah and Yahushua, the more expansive is our relationship with our fellow men. This is why you can test a person's spiritual growth, how mature he is spiritually, by asking, are you able to deal with all kinds of people? Are you able to relate well with them peaceably? even if they are difficult people. That's one of the hallmarks of a spiritually mature 
person. Now, what does Apostle Paul forbid at all times to keep and maintain the peace? He says, we must not avenge. Because if we avenge, we are making judgment on our own. We're taking matters into our own hands. Apostle Paul says, give place for Yahuwah God to make his judgment. And when we give place for Yahuwah God to make judgment, he will bless us as he sees fit. And so let's do our best, brethren, to maintain peace. Why is that so important? Especially now, we gather always for worship and we have preparations under place for our Yahusha's Passover. Let's read the book of Matthew, chapter 5, 23 to 24. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Why is it Prime of primary importance. Why is it top priority for us to always maintain the peace with everyone? Yahusha said, and he's giving us an example. If, for example, you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and so it's a worship service, right? And so you are in the worship service about to present your gift, and then all of a sudden, you remember someone has something against you. You are not at Peace with someone. What does Yahusha say to do? He says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled first to that person. When you do that, then go ahead and offer your sacrifice to God. So what is the message of Yahusha HaMashiach? Does it mean that if we do not have peace with some people, that we are no longer to worship Yahuwah God? That's not the message of Yahusha. The message of Yahushua is simply this. If we have any misunderstanding, if we have any conflict or disputes amongst each other, let's do our best in the soonest possible time to reconcile with our brother or sister. Because if not, it will directly affect our worship of Yahuwah, our God. And so before we partake of Yahushua's Passover, Let's make sure that we are able to reconcile wholly and completely and deeply to be peacemakers so that we can be sons and daughters of God. Well, how can we do that? How can we always maintain peace amongst each other? Let's read the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, 10 down to 11. As the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life, and wish to see good times, you must keep from speaking evil and stop telling lies. You must turn away from evil and do good. You must strive for peace with all your heart. Apostle Peter gives an instruction. As a matter of fact, it is a command from Yahuwah God. What is that command? Strive for peace with all your heart. That's what it means to be a peacemaker. It's not passive peace, but actively creating and initiating peace. Strive for peace with all of your heart. How can we strive for peace with all of our heart? One way is prevention, right? We want to prevent trouble. 
one way to maintain peace is by preventing a lack of peace. So how do you do that? Apostle Paul says you must turn away from evil and do good. You see, when a person engages in evil acts, whether he likes it or not, it's going to bear the consequences of a lack of peace. Wicked people do not have peace. When people engage in sinful acts, it always results in strife and division and problems and troubles. And so if we want to prevent the absence of peace, we need to keep away from evil. And instead, we must do what is good. What else must we do to prevent a destroying of peace? Bible says we must keep from speaking evil and stop telling lies. Do you know? What we can call those who speak evil and tell lies about other people. You know what we can call them? Are they peacemakers? What are they? Yes, the opposite. Troublemakers. How do troublemakers propagate their trouble? Well, what they like to do is to gossip. They like to speak evil about other people. They love to speak lies about other people. And because they do that, they refrain from controlling their tongue. What eventually happens? The evil speaking that came from them reaches other people. And what do you have? Trouble, a lack of peace. So Apostle Peter says, we need to do our best to keep trouble out so that we can maintain that peace do not engage in what is evil. Do not speak evil of one another. What else must we do so that we can maintain our peace? Let's read the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3, 8 down to 9. To conclude, you must all have the same attitude and the same feelings. Love one another and be kind and humble with one another. Do not pay back evil with evil or cursing with cursing. Instead, pay back with a blessing. Because a blessing is what God promised to give you when he called you. What must we do now so that we can maintain the peace? Apostle Peter says, do not pay back evil with evil or cursing with cursing. Do you know why this is such an important principle for us to follow? That's because as human beings, eventually there's going to be conflict, right? Eventually there's going to be misunderstanding. Yes, we do our best to prevent that from happening, but it always seems to happen, especially when you are involved with so many people. And so what must we do to counter that? Bible says do not pay evil, pay back evil with evil or cursing with cursing. Can you imagine? If there was a misunderstanding, there's a conflict, and you pay back evil for evil, what's going to happen? You're propagating the evil. You're propagating the destruction. You're propagating the hate. No, we need to put a stop to that. How do you put a stop to that? By repaying a blessing instead of evil. This is what we must do as Yahushians. But it's something no ordinary person can do for us to be able to repay a blessing. For someone who has insulted us. For someone who speaks evil and does evil against us. For us to be able to return the blessing. Do you know what it takes? It takes two things. What do you think that is? It's in the screen. 
I'll give you two seconds to figure it out. What does it say? Two things we need so that we are able to do what Apostle Peter is telling us to do, repay with the blessing when even, pe even when people insult us. Number one, we need to be humble, right? Because if we're not humble, what's the opposite of that? Pride. If you have pride, you feel entitled. And when someone does wrong against you, you feel entitled to fight back, right? You take revenge. That comes from pride. This is why we cannot carry out this instruction unless we have humility. But most of all, what do we need? We need the power of what? Love. This is why love is so fundamental to what it means to be a true follower of Yahusha HaMashiach. Yahusha is love. Yahuwah is love. We too must be love. If we have love and humility, then we can carry out this instruction to pay back with the blessing, even when people do evil against us. And the result, the Bible says, you will have a life of peace and happiness and joy. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? Isn't that what we want? A life of joy and peace? Well, how was this illustrated in the Holy Bible? Who is an example of an ordinary human being like you and I, yet... He lived his life filled with peace and happiness. He lived a long life. Who is that good example? Let's read the book of Genesis 26, 12 to 14. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For Yahuwah blessed him. He became a very rich man. And his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. Who's a good example of one, a servant of God, who became known because he had a peaceful, long, prosperous life. Who was that? Isaac. Who was Isaac? He was one of the three patriarchs. Remember when Yahuwah God introduced himself to Moses? What did he say? I am Yahuwah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Isaac was one of the patriarchs, well respected by the Jewish community. What do we know about Isaac? Not really that much compared to Abraham and Jacob. But what we know is this. Isaac lived a long life with peace and prosperity. How was that illustrated in his life? In his life, Yahuwah blessed him. How did Yahuwah God bless him? Not only was Isaac a patriarch, right? Bible says he blessed him with lots of grain. And so he became very rich. Not only did he become very rich, the Bible says his wealth continued to grow. And so he was successful because of the blessing of Yahuwah God. However, what do we notice happens next? People became, became jealous, right? Sometimes when you begin to prosper, there are people who will be jealous. And jealous people, what do they do? They like to create trouble for you, right? Does that happen today too? Unfortunately, yes, right? When people are jealous of someone else, they try to discredit that person, assassinate their character. The Philistines, 
they saw that Isaac was being blessed. And so the Philistines became jealous of him. So what did they do? These Philistines. Let's read what happens next in 15 down to 16. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. And so what did the Philistines do? Because they were jealous of Isaac. Well, the Philistines filled up Isaac's wells with dirt. To give you an idea of how big a trouble or a problem that was. Back in those days, you could not survive without what? A water. Without a well. The well not only represented his livelihood, it was also basic necessity for his life. What did they do with that well? They filled up Isaac's wells with what? Dirt. Can you imagine that? Some people do the same thing today, right? They cast dirt on the character of some people they don't like. They put dirt in the well. And so this endangered Isaac. Not only that, the king Abimelech, what did he do? He commanded, he ordered Isaac to leave the country. Can you imagine? Because of jealousy, right? And so we can see because of jealousy, they begin to hate. Because they begin to hate, they cause trouble. And so they brought trouble to Isaac. And so what did Isaac do? Did he retaliate? Did he fill up with dirt the, the other people's, the Philistines' wells? What did he do? What did he give or what happened to him next? Let's read Genesis 26, 17 and 19. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley where he set up their tents and settled down. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. So what did Isaac do in response to the trouble that was being caused by the Philistines? Did he retaliate? Did he act in revenge? No, he did not act in vengeance. Instead, what did he do? He simply moved away. He went to another place, the Gerar Valley. In the Gerar Valley, what did they find? They discovered a well of fresh water. Brothers and sisters, do you think that was coincidence? That there just happens to be a well there? Was that coincidence? What do you think? No, that was the blessing of who? Yahuwah. You see, there's something we need to always keep in mind. Brethren, please listen to this. Always keep in mind, Yahuwah, from up above, from heaven, he's always watching. He knows what's happening. He can see and observe our interactions. He can see what we think. He can see what we feel. And he will bless those who deserve it. But those who don't, they will be judged. This is why Apostle Paul said in the verse we read earlier, do not, get, do not act in vengeance, right? Leave Yahuwah to judge the matter. Why? Because when he judges the matter, guess what? If we act in peace, he will see that and he will bless us. Just like he blessed Isaac and those who were with him. But what happens after this? 
Yes, they went to Gerar. They found a well of fresh water because of Yahuwah's blessing. What happened next? Let's read Genesis 26, 20 to 21. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said. And they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Essek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. You know, brothers and sisters, when we find people who are difficult to deal with, sometimes we just want to leave, right? But it doesn't matter where you go. What are you going to find? Difficult people. You know what is that? There are some people who go to work, right? Maybe they got a new job. And so they like their work and all of a sudden co-worker is not really fond of your personality. It's like a personality conflict. Does that happen? So what do you do? I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go to that job over there. Good people over there. And so he goes to the new job. He likes what he's doing. And all of a sudden, guess what? Another person who is difficult to deal with. Brethren, it doesn't matter where you go. You will encounter people who will be in conflict with your personality, right? It's just the way the world's working right now. There's going to be conflict in personality. This is why Bible says in, when Isaac went to Gerar, what did he find? Oh, the shepherds from Gerar, they're causing argument, hostility, and dispute. Wherever you go, there's always going to be that. And so what did Isaac do to deal with this problem? Let's read the book of Genesis uh, 26 and 22. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last, Yahuwah has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. So what did Isaac do when he encountered hostility, argument, dispute with the shepherds of Gerar? What did he do again? He moved. This time he found another place. What did he call this place? Rehoboth. What does that mean? Open space. This time there was no conflict. And I believe, brothers and sisters, there's deep spiritual insight in that passage that we can apply in our life. You know what that is? When we encounter difficult people, when we have conflict with people who are hard to deal with, for us to be able to eventually become good friends and eventually get along together fine, what we need is to provide enough open what? Space. Because when you demand change from a person, when you tell a person who's used to living one way, and then all of a sudden you want him to change and change right away to accommodate your personality, that's not going to happen. You need to allow room for them to change. We need to allow an open space so that we can maintain that peace. Because when we are constrained in limited space, 
when your personal space gets crossed over, it leads to a lot of conflict. And so brethren, let's learn to understand each other's character, personalities, and let's give enough space for one another to grow. And when we spend more and more time, pretty soon that open space can become smaller and smaller. We become more and more alike. But it begins with open space. And that's how we are able to create peace, maintain the peace. And so Isaac is living in peace and prosperity because Yahuwah God has blessed him. What? Who was able to take notice of Yahuwah's blessing upon his life? Let's read Genesis 26, 26 to 29. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor, Ahuzat, and also Fikol, his army commander. Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, we can plainly see that Yahuwah is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us. Just as we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well. And we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how Yahuwah has blessed you. And so here's Isaac, right? Living in peace and prosperity. Who notices his life of blessing? Abimelech. Who was Abimelech? Wasn't he the one who treated him harshly before? Kicked him out, right? And Isaac did not retaliate. And so God blessed him more and more because he acted based upon his faith and trust in Yahuwah God. Yahuwah blessed him. And who noticed that blessing from Yahuwah? Abimelech. Before he kicked them out, now he goes to his place. What does he say to Isaac? He says, you obviously, obviously we can plainly see Yahuwah is with you. And so what, the, what is he requesting now from Isaac to make a covenant with him, to make a treaty of peace with him? And so this is what he did. What did Isaac do with that treaty? Genesis 26, 30 to 31. So Isaac prepared a covenant a feast, a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty. And they ate and drank together early the next morning. They took, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. And Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. Is that a good ending? Yeah. It could have been a bad ending, right? If Isaac retaliated, but that's not what he did. He repaid with a blessing. Yehovah blessed him with peace and prosperity. We too must follow the good example of Isaac. You know what the king noticed about Isaac? The king said to him, Yehovah God is obviously with you. In other words, it was quite evident that Isaac was a son of God. Isn't that what Yahushua said? If we are peacemakers, you will be called what? Sons of God. Daughters of God. Peacemakers result in being blessed by Yahuwah, our God. And how did Isaac's life end? Bible says 
in peace. As a matter of fact, if we are to read about the, the life of Isaac, surprisingly, of the three patriarchs, who are they again? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Isaac's in the middle, right? How many here's a middle child? <laughs> Isaac, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible speaks a lot about Abraham and Jacob. But not that much, not many chapters in Genesis about Isaac at all. You know why? Because he lived a peaceful life. There's no drama. Abraham, and who's the other one? Jacob, lots of drama, right? But with Isaac, it was just peace and prosperity. And that makes for a boring book, right? So Isaac lived a prosperous and peaceful life of the three patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who lived the longest life? Isaac. <laughs> because when you have less stress, because you have peace, not only are you happier, not only are you filled with joy, you also have a longer life, right? This is why it's good to follow the example of Isaac and be a peacemaker. Not a troublemaker, but a peacemaker. But how can we be true and effective peacemakers, especially during this time? Let's read the final passage of our studies today in the book of Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Yahushua, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Yahushua Christ. Every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. How can we be effective and true peacemakers so that we can be sons and daughters of God? Bible says we must rely on the author of peace. Who is the author of peace? The Bible says the God of peace, Yahuwah. Why is Yahuwah our God the author of peace? Because he made peace with us while we were his enemies because of our sins. Who took the initiative? It's God. Did God have anything to lose if we were not his friends? Did he? No. Who are we? Yehovah God could have smote us. He could have eradicated us. But he found a way because he's the ultimate Peacemaker. For us to have peace with him, what did he do? He gave up his son to die on the cross. And by his shed blood, the shepherds shed blood. What did, it, did that do? It ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. Do you know what that covenant says? We are now the adopted sons and daughters of by the blood shed by Yahushua legally, 
Positionally, we are sons and daughters of God. But it's not enough. Yes, positionally, we belong to the, to the family of God. Yes, because of the shed blood, we are sons and daughters of God. But we also have to be sons and daughters of God, not just in name, but also in character. To do that, we have to be peacemakers. And how can we be peacemakers? The Bible says he will equip us with all we need for doing his will. You see, for us to be a peacemaker, it's impossible to do without the power that comes from who? Yehovah God. We cannot be peacemakers on our own. We need to receive the power of Yehovah. What kind of power is this? It's the same power that brought to life Yahusha HaMashiach. Brothers and sisters, there's no known power in the whole world. Nothing here on earth can tap into the power that can bring the dead back to life that comes from Yahuwah alone. And Yahuwah says that power that brought Yahusha back to life, that he may be our shepherd and our savior, that power can also be made available for us so that we too can do the will of Abba to be a peacemaker. That is how we properly represent Yahuwah and Yahusha to the world. That we may be sons and daughters of God, not just by position, but also by our character. We will see, we will make a difference in the lives of other people. This is what Yahuwah God wants. And may it be fulfilled in our life. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray. Almighty and everlasting Abba. Yes, Father. Yahuwah God, Almighty. Yes, Father. We thank you for making peace with all of us. Amen. Before we were called into the fold. Yes, O Father. Before you sent your begotten Son. Yes, O Father. To die on the cross for our sakes. Yes, we were but dust. Yes. Sinful human beings. Yes, Father. Yet you had mercy upon us. Yes. Undeserving as we were. Yes, Father. You chose, you chose by means of love. Yes, to reconcile us to yourself. Amen. Thank you. Because now we are your sons. We are your daughters. Yes, Teach us. That we may not put shame to yes. the family, which includes you and your only begotten son. Amen. You called us for a purpose. Yes, Father. Deep reason. There's something that you want from us too. Yes, Father. We will fulfill that. Yes, Father, you want us to be peacemakers. Yes. Help us by your power yes. to carry out your will. Yes, to make peace with ourselves yes. by eradicating sin from our life. Yes, to make peace even with our enemies. Yes, to maintain peace with our friends and brothers and Amen. sisters. Most of all, help us to bring other people who are still on the side of your adversaries. Yes, that they too may be brought forth to you. Yes, to become God. your friends and make peace with you. Amen. Teach us to share our faith lovingly. Yes, Help us to get along with each other. Yes, 
in a way that shows humility and great love. Because this is most pleasing to you. Father, as human beings, we accept and acknowledge our weaknesses, our imperfections. Please, Father, do not give up working in us and through us. May we always be your instruments that your love will be perfected in us and in our relationship with one another. Yahushua, you are the perfect example. When you were insulted, when you were hung on the cross, you returned blessing because you wanted to provide peace for sinners that they will be reconciled to Abba. Teach us to follow your example, to deny ourselves for the good of all. Help us to be like you in every way that we too will be called sons and daughters of God. Oh, Father, bless your people wherever we may be now. Reach out to every one of us. Please manifest yourself. We long to be with you. We long to feel your presence. Even if it's just for a moment. That moment will carry us through so much pain and tribulation. We love you so much, loving Abba. We want to be in your midst daily and always in our life. Listen to the personal supplications of your people. When we assemble today for this worship service, you alone knows perfectly what we need. Every day we go out in battle to fight for our faith. Strengthen us, comfort us. And guide every single one of your children. Father, we believe that you have listened to us. You have healed your people afflicted with any disease. Because this is our humble prayer. In the name of our Lord and Savior. Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.